Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're with us today. We're we're having a very interesting show today. We're just moving into uh, some very productive information for you as an employer. We're going to talk about key employment law issues facing business owners. And our guest is Andrew Singer from Tannenbaum, Helpern, Syracuse, in Hirschtritt in New York, New York. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation, so I hope you have a notepad and you're, you're ready to take some notes. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks, Bill. Appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about your firm uh, uh, in New York and how you your, a little bit about your background with them. Sure. Uh, my firm is a mid-sized commercial law firm here in New York, about 50 lawyers. It was founded in 1978, uh, and we uh, really have uh, made ourselves the law firm for companies. And what I mean by that is we can pretty much handle any type of legal need a, a company or its principles uh, may come across uh, in their day-to-day operations, from litigation, to commercial real estate, financial services, uh, employment, as what I do, as well as a full-service corporate uh, M&A practice. Um, I personally am the co-managing partner and chairman of our employment practice group, and we represent companies uh, in dealing with their employees on a daily basis, um, whether it's defending companies uh, who are in the unfortunate position of uh, being involved in litigation or day-to-day human resource compliance counseling uh, and getting uh, companies and their HR folks uh, through some tricky situations. How many um, attorneys are in the firm? We have about 50 lawyers. Uh, we have about five lawyers in our employment practice. Mm-hmm. So you have you really can uh, take care of any need a business owner has. Do you work with uh, all sizes and types of businesses, or do you have certain particular specialty areas that you work in? Uh, I mean, with regards to the industries and sizes. Sure. No, we, we really have a very wide experience in representing companies in you know name and industry, and we certainly have had clients in those areas. Um, the, the majority of our clients uh, certainly can be defined as middle market. Um, while we certainly do uh, have some Fortune 500 clients that, that we do work for and have done so for many years, uh, and we also, you know, from time to time, are very happy and do service entrepreneurs and startup companies um, at the, you know, the very beginning. Uh, but the majority of our clients uh, are those middle market clients. Um, and from an, from an employee perspective, um, the, the bulk of our clients have anywhere from 20, 25 employees to about 250 employees. That's the you know if you did a bell curve, the, mm-hmm. the largest number are in that range. And those are those are nice businesses, and they're usually owner operated, or maybe they have a partner or even a family member or members involved in them. And a lot of issues can crop up, so it's great to have one number they can call to get all of their needs taken care of. 
so, so based on your experience, what are the top one or two mistakes that you see employers repeatedly making? Well, today, really, what, what we see is uh, a lot, a lot of errors in the wage and hour and independent contractor classification situation. Uh, and what I mean by that is a focus on paying people minimum wage and overtime properly, uh, classifying employees as uh, exempt or not exempt um, for overtime purposes. Uh, and then many, many companies utilize independent contractors or what uh, oftentimes I hear are 1099 uh, folks. And uh, the, the government has been very focused on auditing those companies uh, for misclassifying independent, uh, W-2 employees as independent contractors. Uh, and it's really uh, come uh, up very big since the recession, as many companies over the last number of years would disengage an independent contractor or terminate them, and then they would go file for unemployment benefits, and that would trigger an audit because there'd be no record of wages paid to this particular individual. Those oh, are I see. Common okay. problem. So, okay, and you know that has that was a huge issue. What uh, five six years ago, it, it kind of came on the scene that the IRS is really going to be watching that. So the evolution of that has been that this is a, a real trouble spot for employers still? Absolutely. It still is. Every day we're getting phone calls of companies being audited by the U.S. or the New York State uh, Departments of Labor. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty complicated area of, of the law. And, uh, you know, the government is, is coming after companies. Uh, and it really is an important issue. And, you know, particularly for companies who are looking to, you know, get their shop in place and, and be compliant with the law. Uh, and one of those reasons might be down the road looking to sell their business. Uh, this is a particular area that often goes, you know, uh, unnoticed or ignored uh, by many business owners. Good point and a good segue into uh, a question about that. A lot of business owners operate, well, semi-loosely, let's say, in, in, in a few different areas. And then when they say, okay, now I want to start presenting my business as for sale, they're going to run into some real problems when the other party does due diligence. What are some of those key issues that you would tell any business owner they should probably start thinking about cleaning up five years before they, uh, they present their business to a, another due diligence team? Sure. It's a great point. Over the years now, employment uh, liability issues uh, when it comes to selling a business have just really become so much more important than they ever were before. And so, you know, that's something that we get involved with. And, and we really focus in on uh, making sure that the, the company has all of its employees, uh, have all the you know, employment agreements or confidentiality agreements signed and in place. Uh, restrictive covenants is an area that companies really should focus on, making sure that they're protecting uh, their proprietary information uh, and that their restrictive covenants are prepared in a way uh, it, that it's, they're, mo they're most enforceable. You know, I, I hear oftentimes that, oh, non-competes, they're just not enforceable. Um, in mm -hmm. California, that may be true, but in most other states, they are enforceable so long as they're narrowly tailored uh, to that business and the need to protect their proprietary information. So that, that's a very important uh, issue that companies need to focus on. 
um, as well as making sure that there's no wage and hour exposure, that they're paying overtime properly. Uh, and we get involved in many companies in doing an uh, overtime and wage and hour audit. Uh, we, we see many, many companies who uh, do not do this properly, and, and they have a number of employees who are not getting o overtime that need to be uh, because the wage and hour exposure can get rather large rather quickly because of all the penalties uh, that are involved. Uh, and the, the, in, in that world, if you get sued by employees, if, even if they only win one-tenth of what they're seeking in wages, you, the company still is responsible for paying their former employee or even current employees their, their lawyer's fees. So they're paying their own lawyer's fees plus the plaintiff's lawyer's fees. That, that can get quite expensive. Um, so those are a couple of the major areas that we, we really get involved in and help companies that are uh, looking to make sure that everything is in order as, as they get ready to try to sell their business. Now, we talked about uh, some of the trends and uh, <clears throat> some of the, the big problem areas. Are there other key employment law trends that are facing today's business owners that you see either either currently a problem or on the horizon as a problem? Well, historically, uh, sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace ha has been around. And over the last few years, many uh, cities – uh, and states have strengthened the, their laws. Uh, New York City in particular uh, has made it a lot easier for plaintiffs to bring uh, uh, sexual harassment uh, cases. And so we're seeing a lot more of those. And what I find is that the, the real problem area for companies is the lack of training of middle management on, on these equal employment opportunity laws how to recognize when there's a problem, what to do about it, and then what not to do. So you, you, as you can imagine, you know, I, I'll, I'll see a number of emails of middle-level managers who are frustrated with the situation, and then they'll send an email to the HR department or to an owner, and that email becomes evidence. And that's, you know, I think that there's a lack of appropriate training uh, of management with the discrimination laws, uh, and, and that's something that I think companies can do a much better job uh, in in training their workforce and making sure that they have a culture uh, that does not discriminate. Now, for some of the smaller businesses on the smaller side that you mentioned, they may not have all the resources to have something like that. Uh, would would your counsel be for them to have? Uh, hire an outsourced HR department or find some other way to bring in training with regards to that? Because I think a lot of people might just say, well, we're, we're too small for that. Yeah, and that's a very good point. There's many different ways of doing it. Um, we, my firm does it. We, we do EEO training. There are many different companies out there that do a fine job, um, whether it's an outsourced HR company or companies that specialize in EEO training. Um, but regardless of how small you are, um, it is something that is really important because the, the exposure is significant. Uh, you know, in, in New York, if you have four or more employees, you can be sued for discrimination. So you, you really are talking about some very small businesses. And it really is, the, this type of training, it's not, a, it's not very expensive. Um, another thing that companies should look into uh, is employment practices liability insurance. Uh, that's 
that's something that every business should really be talking to their insurance brokers and, and, and looking into. We hear a lot about that, but explain what that is really briefly for our listeners so they can get a handle on what that how that helps them. Sure. The uh, Employment Practice Liability Insurance protects companies and provides uh, uh, fees uh, from the insurance company paid for, so your defense is covered, but it also covers any liability. So if there's a judgment for discrimination in the workplace, that, that's covered as well by your insurance carrier. Um, so it, it's something, you know, not for everybody, but uh, it, you really should examine that with your insurance broker. Take a look at how much turnover you have, what type of workforce you have. Uh, you know, certainly certain workforces, you know, discrimination cases are uh, come across uh, a lot quicker and easier than others. Um, but uh, certainly something to look into to make sure that if you are sued, uh, and you have that coverage, your attorney's fees and any potential judgment will be covered. Now, I, I know you can't give any kind of specifics, obviously, but could you share a general situation that came across your desk where you just shook your head and went, this could have easily been prevented, and I see it all too often? Uh, sure. Uh, the you know Something that we see regularly um, is the, the situation that I was referring to earlier about you know emails uh, for managers. Uh, oftentimes, we get a, a discrimination case from a client we're defending, and the, we at, get to, into discovery, and we see a bunch of emails. And I know the client didn't discriminate against the, their employee or former employee. They didn't make a decision because of that person's race, gender, religion, etc., but you'll see a couple of emails that from middle le- middle level managers that maybe use you know make some reference to someone's religion, um, and now all of a sudden you go from a, a case that really has no merit and there's no specific evidence, and a stray email suddenly opens the door to depositions and some real potential exposure and. And that's that's why I raised the issue of training earlier. I think it's something that far too many companies uh, either they don't even realize they should be doing it, or they're concerned about you know it's going to be expensive, and you know they're very and companies and we're a business too, so I understand are very focused on uh, spending their money on on processes or in sales that generate revenue. Uh, and training your management doesn't generate revenue. Uh, but what it really can do is it could save revenue. Uh, and, you know, in, in my experience and in my view, having a culture uh, in your workforce where everyone knows that the company is going out of their way to make sure that nobody is discriminated against, everyone is treated equally, you'll have a fa- you know, much better and a much happier and a more productive workforce. Mm-hmm. So be very careful about how you communicate and the the methods that you use and and that you are uh, putting forth the fact that you're you're training you're you're very visible in in that regard and keep good records as far as that's concerned. It sounds like all great tips. Um, how would uh, someone uh, learn about your firm and and about what you do best? What's the best way they can find out about you, Andrew? Sure. The the easiest way would be to go to our website, uh, www.thsh.com. Uh, that's Tom Harry Sam Harry.com, and uh, look look us up. We have uh, full descriptions of our firm, different practice areas, all of the attorneys, 
Um, and it also has our direct emails and phone numbers. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're all, including myself, happy to answer anybody's questions. And, again, you, you all cover the gamut that business owners might need from real estate to litigate, litigation. I wrote down from startup to IPO, from hire to fire, and everything in between, it sounds like. You've got it yeah, all covered. We've, we've been doing it since 1978, and uh, we really do a, a wonderful, effective job, and uh, we truly enjoy representing our clients uh, and everything that uh, they come across uh, with respect to their legal needs. Now, I also understand you have something called the HR Minute, which is a, a video log, a blog covering a wide variety of uh, practical HR and employment law tips for employers. How do they do they find that at the website? Absolutely. You find that on the website, and uh, we, we have a number of quick HR tips, uh, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, it's a fun thing we started uh, trying to, trying as, as lawyers, we're not always known as the most technologically savvy, um, but uh, it's, we're, we're having a lot of fun doing it. Well, you bring a lot of great information and a lot of great tips to our listeners, and I would uh, invite you to come back on the show at some other time. We can deal with some specific topics and really help our listeners, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on today, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Bill. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to be right back after this, so please stay with us. We'll be right back. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 